Well, can you believe it, friends? Once again, it is time for another electrifying episode of V8 Radio, Kevin. Ooh, electrifying. Possibly <laughs> some foreshadowing there, my friends. Perhaps, maybe. <laughs> that is a definite maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm your host, Kevin Oste. This is V8 Radio. I'm joined, as always, by our esteemed co-host, Mr. Mike Cuball clark and I think we've used that adjective before, but it fits in this episode, so I'm, I'm recycling it. I'm, yeah. It's good for Mother Earth. Well, that whole thing is, you know? Right. <laughs> 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 but we'll get to that in a moment. Right on. Uh, for those of you who've heard this show once or twice before, you know that we, uh, we tend to start each episode off with an automotive trivia question. And uh, sometimes they're... Uh, Sometimes they're interesting, and sometimes they just suck. <laughs> not going to lie. Out loud. <laughs> uh, oh so ha- have you uh, prepared an interesting and or sucky question this time? <laughs> well, that's up to the listeners to decide, but I have definitely uh, set up one question to go. Uh-huh. And uh, here we go. Uh, Kevin, there's a new movie coming out. I, I, I'm not sure if it already released or not, but it's uh, Ford versus Ferrari, mm-hmm. which is about the uh, Ford's 1-2-3 victory in the 65, uh, 24 Hours of Le Mans, I believe. Six. 66, excuse me. Thank you. That wasn't the trivia Did I win? But, uh, oh, man. <laughs> 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 but, um, uh, and Ford won with the uh, GT40. Um, but Kevin, I ask you, what does the 40 mean in GT40? Uh-huh. That is a great question. Well, the GT40 is a, uh, it's a very aerodynamic, low-slung race car. And uh, the 40 actually refers to the height of the roof is 40 inches off the ground. So that is my guess. Wow. That was a quick guess. <laughs> Are you sure you want to go with that? Is that your final answer? Yeah, it could be. Uh, otherwise, you know, it could could be the you know like WD forty, where it was the fortieth iteration of the uh, formula. Is my second yeah, guess. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll stick. To okay, my... so Kevin says forty inches uh, high at the roof line. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Duly noted. Okay, well, keeping with that, uh, that like ultra high pinnacle of Ford performance, uh-huh. uh, as you referenced in, in your question, uh, I've got something that is uh, of a similar ilk. Okay. And that is in 1970, how many Ford Mavericks were produced? Oh, God damn. <laughs> oh, Lord. We're about to have some technical difficulties, my man. <laughs> oh, Lord. How well, many I figured Ford it was uh, time to get back into some really ultra-trivial minutia BS. Right. So right there, on. There, there you go. Okay. 1970, the Ford Maverick. Yeah, so that was uh, first year kind of for the Maverick. Yeah, and, they're, and, uh, uh, they made them from uh, 70 to 77 here in the States. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess production continued in Central and South America until about 79. Hmm. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of stupid trivia questions about Mavericks, believe it or not. Uh, <laughs> I believe it. One of which is 
1977 option package that they only sold 400 of. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. What was that? It was actually a police package. What? <laughs> yeah. A Maverick cop car? Yeah, they made a Maverick police car, and they didn't sell any of them because everybody thought it was really? garbage. Yeah, they thought it was well, not police car capable. So, Well, they were right. Yep. Oh, boy. Okay. But getting back to the, the question at hand, how many Mavericks were produced in 1970? Yep. Oh, gosh. This is just going to be a complete... W-A-G, and I'm going to say 48,000 Mavericks 48, in 1970. In 1970. 48,000 Mavericks. Okay. Du- duly the noted. pinnacle of Ford performance. Well, it's up there, you know, with them. Right. Couldn't you get those with a 302? You could. Point? You could get the Maverick yeah, Grabber. So. That's right. Uh, and the of course, grabber. the Mercury Comet was the the counterpart. And you could also get that right. with a 302. I knew a guy mm-hmm. who had one of those 4V Maverick grabbers. Well, it wasn't a grabber. It was just a regular Maverick. And it was like oh. that that mustard stain, yellow. half brown, half yellow with a brown vinyl top. <laughs> and like a, The best a, color in the lineup, folks. Yeah, like a runny... Mustardy brownish Baby interior. poop yellow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that thing would do burnouts for blocks, man, with the 302. I believe it. It was, it was serious. Oh, God. There was some also, you know, again, more Maverick trivia. Uh, some of the colors they came up with um, had, had some pretty cool names. Uh, anti-establishment green. Really? Yeah. Was an actual name. Get out of here. I did not know that. Interesting. Yeah, they, they, they tried real hard to make them cool. <laughs> it sounds like they were trying to take a, a page out of the uh, Chrysler book with the high-impact color names. With yeah. Like sassafras green and, you know, top banana yellow and things like that. Vitamin C orange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so hmm. anyway. Cool. We'll find out at the end of the show <laughs> the answers to our questions. That's right. Uh, in fact, one more fun color was... Freudian guilt, G I L T, really, <laughs> which was gold. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, it's really a bummer that's that awesome. wasn't a better car, you know, because that's some that's some good marketing right there. But that is great marketing. That's that's terrific. Yeah. Speaking of marketing, you just got back from a big uh, marketing show called uh, SEMA. That's right. That's what they call that show. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was intense, man. Once again. Oh, I believe it. We did our preview episode um, right after I arrived in the in the lobby there, which in was the I went back and listened to that. That was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, excuse me, sir. Do you, can you tell me where the bathroom is? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> where do I get my pass? <laughs> yep, couldn't couldn't make that up, but that's that's how it went down. Those were uh, not plants; those were actual showgoers. Correct. In in need. <laughs> in need. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah it was a great show um l- lots and lots of stuff to see again i think they um they were anticipating sending setting some attendance records i don't know if they did but uh oh boy somebody was saying over over one hundred eighty thousand. some people showed up holy from, cow oh yeah it was it was jammed every way possible well i'm sure they all heard that you were you were doing more duties there so they all wanted to come and see 
Yeah, right. That, yeah, that's yeah. I'm sure that that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, it, it was kind of interesting because I had uh, uh, the good fortune to have quite a bit to do there this year, starting mm-hmm. with the uh, SEMA reveal, um, right. where we show off some cars out in front. Um, and it's interesting because it's an industry-only event, you know, the whole show, but that was like mm-hmm. an industry, industry-only thing. Really? Because th- that's, that's before the show actually opens. So usually- oh, true. The only people that are there are exhibitors that are done setting up their displays because uh, SEMA feeds all those people and, and it, you know, it's kind of a nice little thank you party. Mm-hmm. Um, and media is also there. Uh, so that was Monday night and then uh, Tuesday through Friday, uh, I hosted the uh, SEMA Central stage again this year. Mm-hmm. And I had uh, I had some help this time, which was nice. Um, a very nice gal named uh, Lorette Nicole, who does a lot of announcing for Formula Drift and Nitro Circus. Um, oh, right she, on. Cool. She was, she was available to do some tag team stuff. So uh, if I had to jump off, she stepped in and did some interviews. And she was very nice to work with. Very cool. Cool. And then uh, <clears throat> Tuesday morning was the New Products Awards Breakfast. Uh, and then Thursday was the SEMA Banquet. And then Friday afternoon was the SEMA Cruise. And, you know... That that's a lot of me doing what I do, so I was I was kind of concerned. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I'm I'm here all week at this thing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you don't want to be a detractor from this event. You know, people are walking by, going, "Oh, sure, here's that guy again." <laughs> you know, can't, can't, can't get, get away, away from, from this guy. Like, exactly, you know, <laughs> this ball. But, he he keeps clapping for himself. I don't know what his deal that's is. That's it. Dude continues to clap for <laughs> self. Clap for uh, self. <laughs> <laughs> but what was uh, interesting is that there was certainly a whole bunch of people that never saw anything that I did, which um, gives you an idea of the scope of this thing. But also, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody was walking through the grand lobby to get into the show. Chances are they weren't at the reveal and they might not have been at the cruise and they might not have been at the breakfast or at the banquet. So even with that many, um, uh, um, you know, venues that I was I was working in, uh, thankfully, I was still like way underexposed, which is good. Okay, good. Just Uh, means more that you can do next year. Well, and I know that sounds kind of strange because it's like, you know, a, a real performer is like, give me the biggest audience I can get, you know, and get everybody around. But, right. you know, I honestly think that uh, there's there's far too much of a, you, you can get far too much of something. So let's, uh, you know, be kind of scattered around here and there and, and uh, mm-hmm. have a little bit of a little bit of uh, a part to play in the show without being way too much so my Uh fears did not come true so that's good right that is good but i'm sure you did get a good amount of exposure just just being at the steam essential stage you have a ton of people Mm. passing by there and they can't help but see you because you're you're elevated and you know you're talking over loudspeakers and they can hear you and and they can't help but take notice so i'm sure you get quite a bit of exposure mostly i would say mostly from that just throughout the week uh, yeah, I mean, certainly people coming by, you know, walking through and, uh, like you're saying, they, they, they project us up on the, the wall on, you know, two mm. different giant projected screens and, and, uh, uh, it is a little hard to escape. The good thing there is that I had some great guests. Um, cool. so, uh, we kicked it off with Jay Leno again and, and he was great to talk to, uh, and then, uh, eventually 
had time with uh, with Richard Petty uh, chatting about the Victory Junction uh, charity that his family runs, which was super right cool. Sure. Um, and that, that is something that is super uh, important to him and his family. It's not just putting the Petty name on something that already exists. I mean, they created mm-hmm. that, that, that charity. And it's all about giving kids the opportunity that have um, disabilities, you know, if they're sick or they're, they got a broken bone or they got, you know, something more serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to take a kid in a wheelchair to an amusement park. You know, they're just not set up. Yeah. For them. So the Victory Junction uh, camps, um, they're either a week or two weeks long and you can bring anybody there no matter what they've got. And then they can participate in all kinds of activities and do fun stuff uh, that's designed to accommodate them. So it's, it's very cool. That is that is very cool. I'm glad they do that. It's it, it, like you said. It it is difficult for somebody with special needs to get out and do fun stuff, and it's great that they provide a venue for that to happen. So good yep. for them. So so that was really cool. And then um, a whole bunch of other industry people. I got to spend time with Peter Brock, which was just way over the top. Nice. Uh, yeah, and you mentioned the Ford versus Ferrari film that's you know out now. Uh. Peter Brock, of course, um, worked for Shelby and actually designed the Daytona uh, Coupe uh, Cobra. Oh, really? Yeah, that was his baby. Yeah. So, so Peter uh, was a designer who worked for General Motors originally, and he worked on the Corvette that eventually became the split window design in the oh, late, really? in the late fifties. Yeah, and then he left Chevrolet and moved to Ford, um, actually to Shelby. And designed all kinds of, uh, uh, you know, the Cobra race cars and then the Daytona Cobra Coupe. Mm-hmm. And um, after, after that program ended, he started uh, Brock Racing Enterprises, uh, or BRE. And these were the um, Datsun 240Z cars, the oh, re- cool. red, white, and blue livery um, in the early 70s. And... Brock is not only a designer, but he's also a racer. So he understands both sides, you know. <clears throat> and it was kind of funny because a story that I never knew is I, I remember seeing the, the 240Zs, but I also remember seeing the Brock Datsun 510s, the boxy, sure, you know, unaerodynamic, you know, race cars. And even today, people, people talk about what great race cars 510s can be. Well, that didn't exist until Brock had an idea. And he went to... Um, to Datsun, Nissan, and he said, look, we're kind of cleaning house with this 240Z. We're beating, you know, Alpha and we're beating, you know, all these European car companies uh, because it's a real slick little race car, you know, that we're able to make. He said, but what would be pretty neat is if we raced one of your 510 sedans because that would tell people that are buying cars that these little boxy Japanese cars are actually good cars. Hmm. Because he said in the early 70s, the Japanese market, those cars were looked at as junk, you know, by American right. auto buyers. So Dotson went for it and gave him some uh, latitude. And he, he put the 510 race cars together and just cleaned house, you know. So now they're, they're beating Alfa Romeo again and Fiat and, <laughs> and, and oh, man. British cars and German cars and Italian cars. And what it did is it got people into the showrooms and helped launch the uh uh 
you know, the, the popularity of Japanese cars to American consumers. It all mm-hmm. came from racing. And, and here's, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there next to the guy that did it. You know, it was really cool. That so, is cool, man. Right yeah. on. Good for you. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he just turned that's 83 history. last week. So um, Holy cow. Yeah, but he's totally with it, and, and he's telling the stories like they happened yesterday, you know. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, so all of those got recorded um, and will be distributed on the SEMA uh, YouTube channel throughout the year. Uh, okay. The, the SEMA puts out a newsletter, and they include a link. Um, but if you go to YouTube and look up the SEMA channel and subscribe uh, as those get released, you'll be able to see those. I am a subscriber, and I do see those, so that's uh, cool. Uh, right on, yeah. <laughs> and a whole bunch you of know, other cool being, ones. A, being an industry guy and all, you got to do those kinds of things, Kevin. That's it. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure they just added you to their list. You know, you didn't have to subscribe to that. They just probably went, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't want to brag, but. Uh... Yeah, yeah, I know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good Lord. <laughs> yeah, so that was really, really neat. Um, and then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, got to hang out with a bunch of, you know, SEMA guys and, and, and other uh, um, other media people, you know, Freiberger mm-hmm. and then Finnegan and, and uh, uh, to the list. I don't know. I, I published a list on my Facebook page. I think there's probably 35 or 40 uh, different people. So Right on, man. Yeah, and, and, and hopefully, you know, most of them didn't regret you know, coming over <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> the heck is that Take guy? <laughs> How did your gig go with uh, Jared? Um, Jared Deanda? J- yes. It was a lot of fun. So we ended up doing two of them. It? Uh, it, we, we both did the New Products Awards Breakfast, and then we did the mm-hmm. SEMA Banquet. And the right. Awards Breakfast, there's probably 3,000 people there at that one. Holy cow. And then the SEMA Banquet uh, has more than that, you know, 4,000, 4,500, something like that. And this year's banquet was outstanding and not in any way because um, I was there. It was because they used the Blue Man Group as their entertainment. Right. And if you hire the Blue Man Group, you can hire them in, in modules. So really? it's like, yeah, so typically... Previous banquets have been entertaining, but it's like, here's the, whoever the hosts are, and they're going to, they're going to give the awards to the person of the year and whatnot, and some acknowledgements and the the speech from SEMA CEO and president and chairman of the board. And you basically sit through the whole thing. And then it's like, at the end, here's a band, you know, here's uh, Jimmy Mm. Vaughn or, or whatever. Um, This year. They, they hired the blue man group to do these little modules. So, the Blue Man Group opened the show, and then Jared and I did some uh, uh, presentations of a few things, and then it would go to the band. They had a great onstage band, um, and then Jared and I'd come back out, and then it'd be another thing from the Blue Man Group. So it hmm. really paced out nice, and and there was something entertainment every few minutes, and not okay. sit, sit through the whole thing and wait, and then the show, you know? I gotcha. So people were engaged. They stayed through the whole thing. Uh, the Blue Man Group killed. Wow. Uh, the band was awesome. Uh, Jared did a great job. Uh, he and I had a lot of fun doing it. So it was uh, 
it was a really nice night. It, it, it came out to be really cool. The Person of the Year Award was great. It went to Dan Kahn from Kahn Media, who um, has irons in every possible fire and is just doing a great job. Uh, the SEMA Hall of Fame inductees were all great this year. It was mm-hmm. uh, Marla Moore from the Coker Group, who I've known for a long, long time. Uh, cool. Bob Chandler, the guy that created Bigfoot. Uh, oh, yeah. The monster truck, yeah. Yeah. So he got inducted this year. And, and I learned, trivia question for you, mm-hmm. uh, why was it called Bigfoot? Oh, I mean, the obvious answer is because it had big tires, but uh, I'm sure that's not correct. Uh, you're correct. That's not correct. Yeah, the, the actual answer is that uh, Bob Chandler used to put his foot to the floor when he would race this thing and break all kinds of parts all the time. I on, see. The, on the monster truck. So his uh, his crew chief said, look, if you didn't have such a big foot, we could run this truck two weeks in a row. Ah. <laughs> and then they okay, that's painted cool. it on the side of the truck. Huh, nice. That is interesting. That would have been a good trivia question. Yeah. And, of course, his, his, his business card is kind of <laughs> neat. Oh, that is pretty cool. A little cutout. Love of, it. A big foot, yeah. Yeah, we're looking at a big foot-shaped uh, business card. That's terrific. Yeah. Love it. And then the third inductee this year was uh, the the late Bruce Crower from Crower Cams, um, oh. and his wife and uh, um, nephew, I believe, received that award. So so that was cool. Uh, and then the like I said, there was a, a house band that they they hired. These guys play Vegas all the time. I think they're contracted at Mandalay Bay in one of the you know one of the big uh, casino areas. Um, mm-hmm. bar, bar areas it's called Patrick and the LVB just super huh. tight awesome awesome band nice so um, I had commented before that I thought the the SEMA reveal you know kind of felt like a variety show uh, you hmm. know with, with the band and everything else it was the same band right. that, pl- that played at the um, at the banquet and that was to- I mean because now I had a you know Jared and I had a whole live studio audience and <clears throat> and the band and, and nah. the different people and everything and it was just really really cool it was a lot of fun oh, right on dig it really hope to have that opportunity again <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you will I'm sure you will I mean I know you say that all the time but I'm sure you're uh, you're a staple that they count on every year so I'm sure you'll be getting the call wouldn't be a bad thing because that was just a lot of fun and uh, right on. and again the <clears throat> i got truly lucky there because the rest of the show was so strong you know uh-huh. if it was uh if the entertainment didn't go well and people left after 15 minutes you know then i probably wouldn't get called back but right. the, the rest of this thing everything clicked so very cool. That's cool. That's cool that uh, that myself as well as the rest of our listeners get to have a good uh, kind of inside look uh, into parts of SEMA that we really typically don't get to hear about. You know, from you know other YouTube channels that that go to SEMA and they you know they show different cars and maybe they interview uh, one of the exhibitors, but or or a car owner or or somebody who restored this car that's at, at a booth. But with you, we get to see you know get the nuts and bolts of of what happens and the different events that go on through throughout the throughout the week. So that's pretty neat. I'm glad we get that. Yeah, no, it, and it's interesting because you're right. Um, I didn't even take any pictures of cars this year. Oh boy! Right, and the reason why is because everybody's out there taking pictures of cars. So mm-hmm. because of there's so much media coverage of the show and the cars and the parts, 
um, I didn't feel the need to, you know, frantically capture everything um, mm-hmm. because everybody's doing it. So uh-huh. again, I kind of focused on a lot of the stuff that, um, you know, they, they hired me to do, but you're right. That does provide a, a different angle on, on this whole yeah. show. So dig it. How'd the SEMA cruise go? With uh, all the lifted vehicles and stuff. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of them. <laughs> and I knew nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, the SEMA cruise was a lot of fun. And you and I talked before about how, you know, my concern is that it's a rapid fire, totally random, you know, dissension of 1,500 or 2,000 vehicles that you know nothing about. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and to try to, uh, to speak with any knowledge about it. Uh, so this year was different. The, the the cruise route changed a little bit because they're doing some construction behind the South Hall and they just had to move things a little bit. So um, the bleachers were set in such a way that uh, Joe Sebergandio and I were, were definitely talking straight to the bleachers and the cars were oh, okay. in front of us, which was a little bit different from last time. So more contact with the audience. Um and we also had a better opportunity to be able to pull cars and trucks over to the side and chat with them. Okay. Cool, man. And the drivers. So it was far less of me trying to wing it and make stuff up going on, you know, throughout the night. <laughs> because whenever I had something cool coming, uh, we would pull the car or truck over and then just interview them, you know? Perfect. Perfect. Get it from the horse's mouth. That's terrific. That's right. So, and, and I tried to not play favorites. You know, of course, a lot of 60s muscle cars got stopped. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, Go figure. <laughs> uh, yeah. But also some of the new Supras, because the new Supra was everywhere. Um, what was it? Yeah. They were actually calling it the Supra Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. That's a wicked little car. It's actually, uh, uh, it's BMW built and Toyota right. powered. And, um, you know, it's a tremendous platform to customize, and that's why it was such a big hit at SEMA. You know, that's that's what you do. Um, True. And also the the Jeep Gladiator, as we anticipated, there was a lot of Gladiators there, uh, uh-huh. done up any way you could imagine. Um, oh, I'm sure. You know, from from fairly stock with you know bolt-on step bumpers and push bars and lighting uh-huh. up to uh, Overlander rigs with rooftop tents and. You know, Holy refrigerators cow. and stuff. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, Neat. Oh, way, cool. Way lifted, you know, to uh, to fairly stock drive, you know, uh, uh, wheel and tire combos. So, a um, lot, lot, a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I don't, I have not gone back and started to check YouTube to see the the SEMA cruise coverage this year. Uh, uh-huh. To see to see if I got shredded, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Oh man, that's cool, man. That sounded like a, a, another heck of a week uh, that you've had out there. So it was. Well, it was. We're, a, we're glad you're back, and we're glad we can hear so much about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was. It was a great time, and again, a, kind of a blur. But uh, <laughs> it's funny because um, Leno had unveiled a new Bronco, but it wasn't the new Bronco. Really? Right. So I think Ford kind of pulled a fast one on everybody. And Leno had worked with uh, the SEMA Garage to do a uh, a Bronco build using the new GT500 engine, which was the subject of our last trivia question. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
730 horsepower. You yeah, know, 10, uh, 6, 133. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but the buzz was going around that Jay was going to unveil the 2020 mm-hmm. Bronco. And in fact, his was a 68. Uh, so they look identical under the cover. And it was in the Ford booth. And this thing's got a cover over it. And 1030 Tuesday morning, um, he's getting ready to pull the cover. And there had to be. I mean, I think there had to be 5,000 people standing around. Holy cow. It was Whoa. a huge crowd. And they pulled the cover, and everybody was excited to see the Bronco, but I think they were expecting the, the 2020 Bronco um, <laughs> because the, the hype's been built. But uh-huh. interestingly, you know, here we are over a weekend, not at any giant show, and Ford unveils the Mach-E Right, Mustang. right. The yeah. Mustang Mach E SUV. Right. So uh, there, there's all kinds of stuff going on in this world right now. You know, you would think at, at the, the the Mustang Mach E would have been unveiled somewhere. Uh, yeah, that would have been a good time, a good spot to do it. But this I got uh, uh, unveiled today as we're talking, and I, I had only seen a couple of pre release leaks on it i've seen some pictures mm-hmm. and a few numbers on it sure um so so what's your take on a on an electric suv named mustang i i gotta tell you i i don't think it should be called a mustang i the mustang is i mean i'm i'm not really a ford guy but the mustang name is historic and belongs to a performance car and now, don't get me wrong, that Mach-E is going to put out some pretty good numbers from, from a performance standpoint, but it's an SUV. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not a performance car. Mm-hmm. So I would like it to be named something else. Mm-hmm. That's just my, my personal take on that. That was my take you, originally, too. Was it? Uh, uh, but the, the more I think about this... Um, the more I'm kind of down with it. And are you? And here's why. Uh, I think today we, we live in a different consumer world where a strong brand does not necessarily mean one product. Hmm. So the example there is I could, I could, I'm going to name a brand and the product could be any number of a bunch of different things but you will know exactly what the product is going to be in certain fashion, right? And the name is Oreo. All right. So Oreo started off as a cookie, but Mm -hmm. now it's ice cream and it's drinks and it's other, you know, frozen things. It's cakes and pies and, and all kinds of, but the one thing they have in common is that chocolate and cream flavoring, so the, the brand Oreo is extended to other things that are similar to its core, right? Yeah, I, I, I see your logic on that. <laughs> and I but think it all goes back to a cookie. It does. Um, but if you go out and get one of the frozen ones, it's ice cream and chocolate and not the chocolate-flavored cookie and the sugar cream. Mm-hmm. But, it, but it holds up. It still makes sense. So... Yeah. In the, I think in the Ford world today, I think because they're getting away from making cars, first of all, 
um, mm -hmm. they realized the strength of the Mustang name and brand. And it means, so what does it mean? And that's what they do today. They go, instead of saying Mustang is a descriptive thing of a two-door sports car. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. Mustang is, a, is an experience, right? So it's okay. dr driving fast, enjoying the, enjoying the vehicle, enjoying the style of vehicle, the lifestyle that goes with it, possibly the accessories, the camaraderie, the community. <clears throat> And, and this new thing that they came out with can have all that. It's got a style. It's got a performance level. It's, got, it's definitely going to have community among, among owners because they want to feel special about it. Sure. Uh, but where I think the real genius is, if Ford called this the e-Taurus or the, you know, the escapee or... <laughs> That'd be a good one. <laughs> Escape E, I love it. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Point Oste. Yeah, right. Uh, that just happened, too. I didn't, that was not pre planned. Um, but if they would have called it that, uh, maybe not the Escape E, because that's good. But if it was the Taurus, you know, electric or whatever, nobody would have cared. Nobody would have cared. It would have been an electric. Who Ford came out with an electric SUV today? In other news, nobody cared. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but if it's hey, this is a Mustang, right? Now uh -huh. we all know about this thing, whether we want to or not, because it's got some co controversy alongside of it, mm -hmm. um, and it sounds like it's got <clears throat> some performance cojones too. I I'm hearing zero to sixty in the mid threes. I actually I, I wrote down all the different. Uh performance specs for the different uh trim levels on there so you have three trim levels a mach e select premium and gt the select and premium will do zero to 60 in mid fives the gt will do it in mid threes wow yeah that's i mean that's that's no joke right so it's not uh that's that's better performer than just about any mustang you can buy yeah Another uh, thing that's worth that's noteworthy is the premium model. The range is said to be three hundred miles, three hundred miles, which is pretty good. Which yeah, is really good. I mean that that should alleviate a lot of range anxiety from electric vehicle owners. Right, um, and yeah, that's a whole nother a whole nother topic of you know mm -hmm. the, the feasibility or practicality or you know whatever the true impact is on the earth and all the rest of it. Right. But uh, so what do they do? They came up with a, a, a pretty sporty looking um, and definitely mm -hmm. uniquely styled uh, SUV, I guess. I guess it's an SUV. It's kind of a crossover. Yeah, it, it's, it looks more of a crossover from the, the pictures I've seen. The, uh, the uh, maybe spy photos or um, kind of guess, guesstimates of what it would look like. Yeah. I don't think I've seen an official Ford picture of it yet. Uh, but, you know, having said all that, I, I do agree at the same time. It's like, well, that's definitely not a Mustang. Right. Not in the sense that we grew up with, that we know of a Mustang. Right. But maybe younger kids now will view that as a Mustang as they become of age to drive. Well, and, and the, I guess the question is, do the, the buyers care? You know, does the next generation or the current generation, do they hear the name Mustang and envision a 64 and a half or a 69? Mm-hmm. Because they, they didn't grow up with that. They don't know what that is. Right. That's true. That's true. I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying that, that 
the 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 term Mustang is more than just a car. It is it is a brand. It is you know a st- quote state of mind, I guess, or whatever you want to say about it. But I, I I see your point as far as why they would possibly name it that. So I I get it. I still don't agree with it, but I get it. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean that's kind of where I'm at too. I mean I I I understand and. Again, the brilliance of, of calling it that just to create such a buzz, there wouldn't be any kind of a buzz if it was, you know, the... You're right. It is a brilliant marketing move to get attention to it. And it was very risky. Um, and something else that I'm noticing that I'm not really happy about is in certain media anyway, there seems to be a little bit of a pushback against nostalgia. And where I'm going with that is you know, you see comments on Facebook and, and the young kids always saying, okay, boomer, you know. <laughs> I have seen that lately. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's always, you know, going after the youth market and, and old isn't cool and, and all uh-huh. that. And I, I just think that maybe this iteration of the Mustang is trying to capitalize on that uh, and, and, maybe. and maybe split away a little bit from what the Mustang was. Because mm-hmm. in certain circles, maybe that's just not cool just because it's old, even though we all know the yeah. truth. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, man. That's right. You kids don't know what cool is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the, the market that these retro designs were going after, those people are kind of moving outside of the of the prime demographic to buy. So I yep. guess you, you're right to try to stay ahead of that and start marketing to the the next up-and-comers and those people who are now of prime buying age right now. So yeah. they, 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 they might know what they're doing over there at Ford. Uh, I, <laughs> I think so. And, and right now, especially again with the Ford versus Ferrari movie hitting the screens, their name is mm. absolutely everywhere. It is. It is. You're right. Um, and then the Mach-E that could be thing. a good uh, driving cruise movie for next summer. Uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Um, I had seen. Well, I knew the story quite well, and I, I had seen sure. the uh, 24 Hour War, which is a documentary on that event, which I recommend uh-huh. to everybody. That that was just awesome because it's all the actual people in their own words, right? Uh, uh, telling the story of, of how all that went down. Um, I just haven't had the time. Well, the film came out as we record this technically yesterday, I guess, or the day before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been a little busy, so I have not been able to see that you, yet. You've been a little busy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have, uh, you. I mean, tomorrow you are jetting off to uh, the Eastern Hemisphere, out to Saudi Arabia to uh, partake yeah. in the uh, Global Auto Salon in Riyadh. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's coming fast. Um, so, right as guests of, of Bonnier and and the uh, the General Entertainment Authority of the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, um, you know, we talked about that show a little bit a couple episodes ago. But right. um, the big show happens, and and uh, so as we speak, there are. Um, uh, over 250 companies from the U.S. representatives all flying over there. Uh, the way they handled this show so far has been totally unique in the sense that we have a booth there, V8 Speed and Resto, and it's already built. 
And it's yeah. it's done, just waiting for us to show up, and we didn't have to do any of it. <laughs> How cool is that? That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's terrific, man. And, uh, and, and the thing that I'm trying to get my <clears throat> mind around is that this coming weekend, we're going to have uh, two, you know, really high-end cars on, on national-level shows on two continents. Because you'll be with the rest right. of our team at the Muscle Car and Corvette Nationals in Chicago with right. the 67 GTO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boy, I'm looking forward to that, baby. Yeah, well. That car is nice. It's just so much, you know, so so for me to manage SEMA, getting that GTO finished, mm-hmm. uh, getting the crew figured out, you know, and making sure that uh, um, they're equipped with transport and hotel and all that stuff. I'm not worried mm-hmm. about the crew getting there and handling the car and representing. I mean, that's the, right. they're, they're better than I am and all that, so that's all good. Uh, yeah. And then your involvement with the McCacken show, doing some unveilings and shooting some videos and interviews and trying to get you everything you need. Meanwhile, trying mm-hmm. to get this thing going on the other side of the world. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been super exciting. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hell of a word for that. <laughs> yeah. Exciting. Yeah. It really is, you know. And, and then right after is going to be... Uh, uh, the PRI show, and we got some new cars. We got two new cars that came in Friday, and I got a bunch of others lined up that I'm, you know, working on getting in the shop. And and if the Riyadh show goes well, um, who knows? We might have a, a new customer or two over there. Uh, we're we're showing the ZR9 Camaro, and I heard from its owner that uh, it'll be on site tomorrow. So that's cool. It made it cool. Nice. Uh, yeah. Um, Good man. Holy cow. I, and then, uh, similar to the SEMA Central stage, I've got a stage in Riyadh with, with a bunch of interviews. And, and honestly, the only thing that I'm, I'm kind of concerned with at this point is that the schedule of getting the interviews, um, I was not in control of. So there is another group that's part of the show that is managing like um, a lot of the appearances by celebrities that need to be at this okay. particular track at this time. And there's an autograph signing and a TV thing and blah, blah, blah. And okay. I'm, our stage <clears throat> is part of that mix. Um, okay. But <clears throat> I have some holes to fill uh, because some of these people didn't know their commitments yet and didn't know what everybody was supposed to be oh, doing. So I see. my first day is, is totally booked, which is good. But then uh, uh, the, the hours on this show have been fluid. And, and now I think it goes from like 2 p.m. to almost 2 a.m. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's a long day, man. (laughs) Six six days in a row. I mean, SEMA's only four, so. Jeez. uh, Yeah, it's going to be something. What what day does that show officially open? Uh, Thursday, the 21st of November is the, the opening day. Okay. So on the calendar, we fly over Monday, and we'll be there on Tuesday, afternoon and that gives me Wednesday to set up and and work with our local Riyadh based video crew that we hired okay this is a whole list of guys I've never met you know so uh, but they've all been super nice very very cool to work with so far good Um, and then we'll get that all figured out and then we're we're on on Thursday and then throughout the day on Wednesday Thursday we plan on populating the rest of our our uh, our stage schedule, you know, once everybody's there, you know, we can see them face to face and everything. And then that Thursday, <clears throat> I guess that Friday morning is when our team leaves 
Redbud with the GTO and heads up to Chicago. Uh-huh. And they should be getting that car in the Mustang Corporate Nationals before noon on Friday. Okay, um, cool. And then that show kind of gets placed throughout the day on Friday for mm-hmm. the opening on Saturday, and that's when you're on. Woohoo! Yeah, <laughs> sweet. <laughs> oh man, this is gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a great time. And I, I mean, I'm lucky is. that we're gonna have Ben up there as well as uh, uh, Tyler and Trevor who know what they're doing, especially Ben from a, a, a filming a video standpoint. Mm-hmm. He knows what needs to happen. So I'm sure he, he's going to be pretty much running the show and just telling me where I need to be and what I need to do, uh, where, yeah. need, where we need to shoot. To a so, certain degree. Good. I mean, yeah. the unveiling schedule is what it is. So you'll, you know, you're on their schedule right. for, for that mm-hmm. part of it. Um, but Ben and I were talking, so we've got, and you've got the list. I think we got seven or eight cars picked out. Um, yes. And then an interview with Bob Ashton and you know, a few other things. Um, but Ben's like, he thinks it's going to be a, an easier year to capture the interviews. He's like, because we'll be able to walk more than 10 feet at a time without me getting stopped and getting distracted and talking to people about their cars. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I did. I didn't. Re- I remember that it would take, well, it was like that at CMA as well. You would walk five feet and you'd see somebody that you knew and they would talk to you for 10 minutes. Yeah. It would take you three hours just to get out of the stinking convention center when you're <laughs> right, trying to leave. Right. 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 <laughs> and, and it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful problem because it's so cool to see everybody. Right. Um, uh-huh. Because uh, a lot of these people, the McCacken show, there's people I see once a year, and that's where you see them. Uh, right. But but when you're trying to get something done at the same time, it's it's a little challenging. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you guys aren't going to be burdened by my nonsense. So I think you'll be able to get through and and get the stuff done. Uh, but you know what that means is the following year, everybody's going to want to reunite with you, and you're going to be in the yeah, same boat. So. <laughs> I, I don't think so. They're going to say, thank God you're back. Uh, <laughs> Who was that. that guy that you had in place? <laughs> God, don't use him again. <laughs> yeah, I'm not so sure. <laughs> so oh, you, ex- you excited about that one? I think it's going to be a great show. I am I am nervous, and I am excited, more excited than anything else. So Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I was uh, I was talking with our friend Paul yesterday. Mm. Uh, he was looking for a, uh, a, a 19 millimeter crowfoot uh, wrench, and uh, he called me up on the phone. He was doing some work at home, and we were talking about uh, about the McCacken show. He's like, he's like, you're gonna be fine. Just just say what what Osti says. Nobody cares. And you'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody cares. Nobody cares what I say. That's for sure. It's all about the cars. (laughs) I'm like, you know what? That really helped me. I'm going to really think about it that way. It's going to be great now. (laughs) Well, I mean, again, going back to Gray Baskerville at Hot Rod, and and he he always said, uh, you know, the, you write a magazine article, it's not about yourself, it's about the guy who built the car or, or the mm-hmm. part or the company or whatever. So uh, the, the McCacken show is purely about those people that brought those cars out and how special those cars really are. And right. you're, you're just kind of a catalyst to get those stories out. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's perfect. That's, that's the right way to think about it. Yeah, I think you're going to do great. And Thank I'm, re- I'm really so. going to miss that event because uh, that one is just, it's just so cool. Well, 
we, I know we talked about this, but I really hope we're able to kind of do some kind of live simulcast kind of thing between us at those two shows. And we, we at the, uh, at the, at McCacken can see what's going on there at SEMA and, or excuse me, at, at the Riyadh show and yep. the people at the Riyadh show can see what goes on here in Chicago. That's the goal. So, um, yeah. I think we're going to be nine hours ahead of you. Okay. So, oh, but it wow. sounds, but it sounds like the show is going deep into the night. Well, well, if it goes 2 p.m. to 2 a.m., then, yeah, we'll, we're going to be great. Yeah, you will. You, you, you might be cashed out by the time I'm fresh. But uh, yeah, uh, we'll, 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 we'll take that as we get it. <laughs> right. So I think what I'm going to try and do there is uh, uh, in, the, in Europe and in Asia and the Middle East, they use that WhatsApp app uh, messenger thing, which is a free video conference thing on the phones. So I think we'll be able to... Uh, uh, dial in and video chat, um, hopefully between the two. So I don't know what, what time I think our, our video crew is contracted for 10 hours a day over there. So they're not going to be there till two in the morning. So I'm okay. sure, you know, we'll be ready to jump off at, uh, you know, 10 or 11 or something or, and that puts you at lunchtime, you know, so that could work out yeah. pretty well on Saturday. Yeah. It yeah, should be cool. Uh, tell you our our friend uh, Pete McGilvery put out that video of the uh, event of the venue being set up, and I couldn't get over the sheer size that that event is covering the physical size of those tents and the the whole layout. Yeah, of, uh, the guy he was filming going through everything, unbelievable it's, how big that show is going to be. It's massive. I think it's three million square feet. Gee, God, golly. Yeah. It's, what it's an enormous. undertaking. Yeah. It is. And and the, the rundown, so the tickets finally came out yesterday. So if you want to buy a ticket, and it says what's, what is, you know, all there. It's the Monster Truck Ring um, for Monster Jam. It's the full-size Hot Wheels loop where, you know, actual oh my cars going to be doing the loops. It's the Formula One 500-meter track. So it's 500 meters each way. And I think they can do over 100 miles an hour in that 500 meters. Gee whiz. Um, and then there's the auction, which is going to happen on Saturday. And they, uh, the auction docket is available online at Worldwide Auctions. Uh, and you can see all the different cars that made it out. So some of Rick Doors' hand-built customs are there and, and exotics and hot rods and uh, you know some previous high-profile cars. Ring Brothers are unveiling a car there, I think. I think they're doing another, right? another Blazer um, cool. K-Series. Uh, so you got all, all, all that stuff. And then uh, you've got... Um, huh, it's funny, I said the K-Series, and my phone, <laughs> yeah, my phone woke up and thought I said, hey, Siri. <laughs> Interesting. Nice. Um and then there's a bunch of artists that are on display. And, of course, the other 248 uh, um, American vendors, everyone from mm-hmm. uh, Roush and, and Magnaflow and Borla and SpeedTech and, you know, just companies that we all know and love. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, we're really looking forward to that bit of camaraderie um, from the American uh, companies that are going over. You know, because right. this, this is now going to be a shared experience. That's going to our industry is pretty tight to start with, so it'll be neat to have that. Yeah, 
Um, yeah. But the, the other thing I'm really looking forward to is gauging the, the response and the enthusiasm of, of people in the Middle East and how they like this stuff. I really hope they embrace it. I really do. This has been a, a quite a massive undertaking on the government's uh, part, and I really hope it pays off for them. And I hope it pays off for you as well as the whole auto industry, the aftermarket industry in general. I, I, I can't see it not. I mean, there, we've already yeah. talked to some other uh, uh, individuals that have performance shops over there. Um, mm-hmm. there. A couple of these people have three and four locations of performance shops, and they're, mm-hmm. they're doing like modifications on, on import cars and Jeeps and, and, you know, import to us, you know, but like Japanese right. and Ger- German cars. And, mm-hmm. and the Dodge, uh, you know, Charger Challengers are super popular over there. Late model Camaros are real big. Um, and I've learned a little bit about the, the laws. You cannot import a vehicle into Saudi that's older than five years. Really? Unless it's a classic. And there's a separate definition for classic cars. But wow. they're, they're trying to guard their, their land from other countries dumping 10-year-old you know, auction uh-huh. cars. I got gotcha. you. Okay. And having junk all over the roads, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, you see that in certain countries where American used cars get devalued, you know, and you got like a 15-year-old, you know, Chevy Cavalier or something. It's not, wor- <laughs> not worth anything here on the street unless it's somebody's super basic transportation. But right. those, th- those things might get shipped down to Mexico uh, and, and get sold there for a, a whole nother life. Um, but I gotcha. they, they, they come with their environmental impact and they come with, you know, their maintenance and all the rest that goes with it. Um, mm-hmm. and there's definitely a market for them in, in certain countries because, because there is, but apparently, sure. uh, uh, the Saudis are trying to keep a lot of that, you know, older technology off the road. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I didn't, I had no clue, no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And I think there's a 15% import duty on anything you bring in, which is wow. a little different from some countries where you're taxed on the vehicle based on the year of manufacture. And it's uh-huh. like a, a sliding scale kind of thing. There's a flat 15%. So at the end of the day, what that tells us is that if somebody wants a 69 Camaro, it's going to get taxed 15% of its value no matter what. Uh, but it falls under that classic umbrella and it will be legal to import and drive so now when they say 15 percent of the value is that the estimated value at that time or the value when it was new i i can't even imagine i i only think it's like if there's some sort of a receipt you know or a purchase Mm. history or a a registration or you know i don't know how they how they handle all that but i got you yeah yeah that's weird but five years old and, and newer only that's crazy huh Right, so well, that I means guess that's, you couldn't bring a 2011 Corvette over. Yeah, you couldn't, right? unless it huh. falls under some kind of special, you know, performance, special use or something. Yeah, yeah maybe a cool yeah. performance car. Maybe they'd have to inspect it, make sure it's not a pile or something before. Right, they, right. They'd let it in. So, well, cool, man. Yeah, it's so gonna that, be, it's going to be a heck things, of a time for you. Yeah, these are things you're trying to learn and. Uh, and, and hopefully, um, you know, like you said, it'd be great to, to build some cool cars for people over there. So we'll see. Amen. All right. Well, we've kept our friends waiting long enough because they're all dying to hear the answer to our two trivia questions. And, of course. Uh, 
Why don't, why don't you go first? What was your question? Okay. I, I asked you uh, with the Ford GT40 what the 40 represented. And you so deftly stated that it was the height of the roof of the of said automobile. And I gave you an out to change your answer, and I really <laughs> wish you would have, because you are absolutely right, Kevin. Ah, it was right. 40 inches at the windshield. So congratulations. Thank you. Kevin I, wins again. <laughs> I had heard that before <laughs> once. So uh, yeah. uh, there, there may or may not be one of those GT40s uh, in the Brothers collection. So Ooh. there's uh, maybe a, a little tease, nugget there. Ladies for and gentlemen, a tease. We'll see. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. My question to you was far more important, of course, and more yes. relevant. And that was how many Mavericks <laughs> were made in 1970? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and oh. You, your guess was 48,000. Yes, that's correct. It's a pretty big number. Well, uh, the truth fork, was. Fork to crank them out. Five hundred and seventy-eight thousand nine hundred and fourteen Mavericks. You've got to be kidding me! <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> Five hundred and seventy-eight thousand. Isn't that unbelievable? Oh, that is unbelievable. What's even more unbelievable is that they're probably all rust right now. They're all dust, dust in the wind. Yeah, and it uh, it uh, um, almost eclipsed the launch of the Mustang. Uh, Get out of here, really? Yeah, the, the Mustang was 600 and some thousand. Oh, right, right, In right. 64 and a half. So it was an unbelievably popular car. Um, and today we don't even, don't even notice. Well, my grandfather, my dad's dad had a Maverick. I remember it when I was a kid. There you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, one of the 578,000. So we'll put that on your list of uh, you know cars that if somebody gives you, you'd keep. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I gotta tell you, I don't mind Mavericks. I, I do have a soft spot in my heart for them. See, <laughs> yeah. maybe Ford should have called it the uh, the Maverick E, or maybe know, brought that back, revive the Pinto name. That's what they should have done. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I do have one more quick little shout out uh, at the end here. So sure. recently, we talked about our friend uh, Johan Olsen from Sweden who right. uh, was listening to the show. And, and he actually came to the States, but um, we missed him. because Ah, um, too bad. Yeah, I was at SEMA, and he had tr other travels to do. But he uh, he brought me this, and I'm, I'm going to hold it up and describe it. Okay. But see if you can see that. This is a... Oh, yeah, a, a police shirt. Yeah, a Swedish uh, police, uh, you know, button-down shirt, uniform shirt, short sleeve, which is very cool. Um, yeah, man. I must sound a lot smaller on this podcast. Because <laughs> 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 this, this is a solid medium. Uh, but it's it's definitely, you know, and, and legally I probably couldn't wear this anyway. I wouldn't impersonate a, a Swedish officer by any stretch. Uh, uh. So, so I'm going to hang this one up on the wall. This is super cool. And I'm going to have to get uh, Mr. Johan something um, in return. That was very oh, nice of him. Just wanted to do that shout That's out. That's cool. Thank you, Johan. Yeah, yeah. My, cool. my, mine must be in the mail, right, Johan? It must God, be. Dang it. Must be. <laughs> must have got lost in the mail, Johan. <laughs> uh, that's funny. 
And I, I think we might be pronouncing his, his name incorrectly because he did say something oh, really? that, that we're using the German pronunciation, but I don't know what the, the, oh. the difference would be. Is it Johan then? Yeah, if it's it's J O H A N N, which to me is Johan, but it could be something else. Jon, Jon, Jan. I don't uh, know. Okay. So my apologies. Maybe he can reply to the 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 uh, post on the V8 radio uh, Facebook page. Um, the uh, phonetic pronunciation yes, right exactly <clears throat> all right well very cool so yeah a ton going on looking forward to our next episode to catch up on 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 riyadh and mccacken yeah. and uh and everything else so uh this was fun i appreciate it oh you bet thank you this was great yeah so, so we, thanks we, for thanks for making time in your busy busy exciting schedule lately to get exciting. a show in <laughs> well you know without this conversation we never would have coined the escapee Escape E. <laughs> That's uh, trademarked for it, so you're going to have to cough over some Benjamins to use that. That's right. Well, and uh, thanks to you for putting the actual list of where people can listen to our show now. So now I won't forget anything. Uh, you if you got it, this, man. Subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, Podchaser, uh, of course, the V8Radio.com website, and... Facebook. Boom. How about that? Look at you. Look at you. Yeah, not from memory. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we have these helpers. That's it. All right, man. So for uh, uh, this was a great show. Appreciate the time. Thanks to everybody for always listening and being supportive. Um, I did see a a bunch of people at SEMA, believe it or not, that came up and said they listened to this podcast. And they... Is that right? uh, Honest to God. And they say hello, and uh, they dig it, and they appreciate what you do. So that's very cool. Oh, cool. Well, thank you, everyone, from SEMA. Outstanding. I'm going to definitely make it next year to thank you personally. There you go. Yeah. Maybe we'll put up a little... I'm envisioning, uh, uh, you know, from from Charlie Brown, like Lucy's uh, psychiatric help stand or whatever it was. (laughs) Psychiatric help, five cents. (laughs) Right. A little wooden stand up for V8 Radio out front. (laughs) Heck yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, for V8 Radio, I'm Kevin Oste and uh, Mike Clark, and we're reminding you to uh, keep the shiny side up, and we will talk to you next time on V8 Radio. Dig it. <laughs>